Welcome, everybody, to the Katie and Me podcast. This is episode 15. My name is Chris Hutchinson, and as always, I am joined by my most excellent partner, Katie Rogers. Katie, how are you today? I am doing all right, Chris, for someone who's tired and doesn't feel well. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, Again, we are coming to you live via Zoom. We are still doing our episodes, practicing safe social distancing. And I just want to share that the sound quality for you, Katie, is going to be much better today because it looks like you're camped out inside your closet. I am in my closet. (laughs) And there's no cat in my closet. And my kids are not in my closet. So just me and a computer. Like a pro. You know, I did some, um, we'll get into our topics here soon, but I did some, a little bit of voiceover work recently for one of my other jobs. We had some, some ads that we were running and uh, I couldn't, I couldn't get the sound right. And so I talked to one of the guys I work with, who's, who's a pretty high level producer and has done a, a lot of work in Hollywood. And he said, Hey, literally get in the closet. And the sound will improve. It muffles a lot of the echo and everything else. So I took a bump onto that. So I'm giving you a hard time, but um, I've been in the closet myself. So, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so before we get into today's topics, uh, I just want to mention our show partner, Audible. Uh, for those that haven't heard us yet, Audible is a show partner, and they are the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs news, business, and self-development. Audible helps people get more stories and information through the gift of found time, which obviously we all have a lot more of right now. Use your newfound time to learn something new, share some cool content with your family, or relieve stress by enjoying thousands of available titles. If you would like to get a free Audible book trial, it would give you uh, one free book, please visit audibletrial.com backslash Katie and me podcast. And Katie is always spelled K-A-T-Y. So today, Katie, I'm going to talk a little bit about the career of being a therapist and give, uh, give some insight on that. I have talked in previous episodes about how valuable and important I think it is for everyone to see a therapist uh, in all stages of their life. So I am a massive proponent of this area, but instead of spending time trying to convince people to go and see one, I thought I would talk a little bit about a therapist friend of mine and how her career path has kind of taken shape. So I'm going to jump into that. And as always, if you hear something that uh, interests you, feel free to to jump in. But uh, my friend, uh, she is self-employed counselor in private practice, and she has been practicing, uh, it looks like, I think she said for about the last eight or nine years or so. And uh, she, she loves it. So she had a number of things that she really liked about her job. Uh, but then she also gave me a couple things that, that were challenges as well. So we'll start with the positives, because I'm a glasses half full kind of guy, as everybody knows. Uh, she said that she really enjoys the opportunity to be able to walk along people during kind of the most difficult times of their lives. And I think it takes, you know, a special person to be able to, to do that. I, you know, I like to think I'm a good listener. I, I genuinely try and help people solve their problems. But I kind of do it in, you know, one-off scenarios. It's not, it's not what I do eight or nine hours a day. Uh, and so I think you have, to, you have to be wired a specific way in order to be able to do that because people that are going through therapy, they are, they're, they're going through challenges. They're coming to you to seek out, 
answers or advice on how to improve what's going on in their life. And sometimes those improvements evolve into to great positive stories. And that's the whole point. I mean, obviously, you know, hopefully things are going to get better. Uh, that's why you're, you're going. That's why you're seeking out help. But overall, the majority of, of your time as a therapist is spent in, you know, helping people face challenges and overcome difficult situations. And so, I, you know, I, I really applaud her for, for having kind of that that mental mindset and and finding that as a positive about her job in that she's getting to, you know, to help these people through some of the most difficult times of their lives. So I was really impressed by that. And then some other things that she mentioned, you know, she talked about the flexibility of creating and adjusting her own schedule, which, you know, more and more people, I think, are seeing that that is happening in the workplace, regardless kind of, of what your career path is. But it was nice to hear her say that, she's able to kind of have some of that flexibility and it's not just a standard nine to five job or mm-hmm. in your case, Katie, a 12 or 14 hour day on the, on the farm. That's why I need a therapist. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I, that was, that was a, uh, a positive thing to hear. Um, I was like, okay, yeah. You know, th- there's a lot of us that are getting some of that schedule flexibility and, and I would think that therapists would need that more than anything just to be able to kind of decompress. And, you know, I complain about having back to back to back Zoom meetings and I'm just, you know, doing my job. I'm not, I'm not trying to positively impact uh, or change, you know, the behavior of people. So I think having some of that flexibility is definitely a bonus. And then she talked about, because she is a bit of an overachiever, she talked about the, the continuing education, education courses that kind of allow her to be creative and keep on top of her game. Plenty of opportunity to, to self-teach, never stop learning. You know, learning is a lifelong process. Um, so it was, it was exciting to, to hear her, her talk about that. One thing I asked her was, you know, how does she decompress? How do you, or how did she get the opportunity to kind of remove all of this that she's added onto her plate? You know, what does she do? How does she get rid of it? And I found her answer interesting. I assumed that she was going to have, you know, uh, a barrage of her own therapists that she could go to and, and talk about, you know, her clients and certain scenarios, things along those lines. And she really just kind of manages it herself. She, uh, you know, she said that she's been trained really well, that she's dealt with a lot on her own evolving into this role. And so she doesn't really have like a single outlet that she utilizes. So I kind of pushed her on that a little bit because I have two degrees in psychology, not that that makes me a therapist, but I recognize the importance of kind of being able to, to cleanse your own palate when you're you know, actively trying to help other folks. Yeah, so I don't know I, if I, I could do it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess, you know, if, if it works for her, that that's awesome. But me, I'm a belt and suspenders kind of guy. I always want to have a backup plan. And um, so to me, it worried me. Like I, I was worried about my friend. I'm like, I don't want her to carry all this burden and not have some kind of release valve. So we message each other every once in a while. And I'll always throw in a message there. Hey, what are you doing to, you know, to try and relieve stress, et cetera. So it was interesting to hear her say that. And, and, and she's incredibly competent. And so I, I'm not, you know, I'm not worried, worried, but to me, at the end of the day, I need a release valve just for my own shenanigans, let alone you know, 
<laughs> trying, trying to trying to right. save the world. So I thought that was interesting. I was just going to say, like, I am so tempted when I get around a therapist or I have a friend who's a psychiatrist. It's really tempting in the conversation to let it turn into me basically getting their services for free. <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. I just start dumping stuff on them right. and I'm like, no, no, that's your job is for people to dump stuff on you. I shouldn't be, you know, it's kind of like yeah. asking your pediatrician friend to take a look at your kid's thing. Like you just right. shouldn't do that to right. people, but it's so hard. And then I think, I bet everybody in their lives does that. How do you, they, it, potentially they're emotionally carrying the weight of everyone around them. That, that, yeah, that's, that's exactly how I feel. I, I mean, I feel that way and I'm not a therapist, so I can't imagine in a formalized environment, you know, where it's my job to hear that, to, um, to be able to, I guess, separate and, and, and turn off, turn off that switch, uh, and, you know, find a way to, to decompress. So that to me was interesting. And all my friends that are lawyers hate me because especially when I was running my own business, which we'll talk about in a future episode, I was always like trying to angle for some free legal advice. So anyway, so my friend mentioned a couple things that she, she didn't like about her job. One thing is that, you know, there aren't ever any cookie cutter answers and that makes sense, right? Everybody's everybody's their own person and it has their own personality. And so that made sense to me, but I can empathize with that because I'm very process driven in every job. I'm always the, the person that's like, well, how do we, how do we turn this into something that is replicatable and we don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time, you know, where we have to deal with this problem. And so to me, I could see that that would be challenging for me. I, I would, I would probably um, not do well with that. I would find myself probably trying to maybe force <laughs> force previous solutions onto people that maybe it wasn't an exact fit. So I can completely empathize with that. And then the, I found this to be really interesting. She mentioned that there are people who resist the opportunity to heal or to get better. And I guess, you know, that's probably, that's probably a reality. I, um, again, I've been pretty open about my therapist journey and, uh, it's starting in, in, you know, high school and taking a break and then, you know, picking back up later in life and having gone solo and having gone with family and having gone with my wife and my daughter, et cetera. And so to me, you know, I'll talk about it to anyone that wants to, to hear. And I know that I needed help and was open to it, but that kind of surprised me, but not everybody's, you know, has a personality like mine you know, some might find it annoying, but, you know, very like gregarious and extroverted. And I can see why that would be challenging because she's literally there trying to help, you know, and is offering pathways to help people. I think Katie, you and I are both like that. I mean, we've, we've worked together in other capacities and we, you know, we want to help. How do we, how do we fix things? And we've run into it. There's just people that don't want to be fixed and they don't want help, you know? And so I think that that, that would be, that would be challenging. Um, mm -hmm. And then lastly, she said, listening all day is really hard. And she put hard in like capital letters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and yeah, I, I would, I would have to agree with that. Again, I only compare my world that, but listening on six or seven hours of zoom calls in a day, I'm exhausted and I haven't really necessarily made anybody's lives, you know, infinitely better. I haven't had to concentrate that hard, you know, I've had to do some listening and do some planning, but it's not like I'm trying to save a marriage or, you know, help someone through some really difficult times. So 
Shout out to our producer, Pete, whose job it is to sit around and listen. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he listens to us. (laughs) Over and over, right? And that's that's before he's even done any of the editing. Um, So uh, anyway, I I thought what she talked about was, was really interesting. And then she mentioned that the one thing she wished everyone knew about this particular job is that it really isn't, as she said, junk science. And it can be very helpful if you have a good counselor or therapist and that you need to invest in your healing. And if you're honest with yourself and your counselor, your successes are going to be infinitely better. Uh, but if you try and like game the system, you're wasting everybody's time. So uh, I thought that that was interesting to, to hear her kind of, you know, talk, uh, talk about that. And then mm-hmm. what I was excited about was we finally got back to an episode where our original concept is talking about what people wish, you know, they knew about their job. And so to, yeah. Hear, her, yeah, <laughs> to hear her provide such good insight and um, some of the positives and negatives, uh, I, I quite enjoyed it. So I will, I will stop there and uh, we can kind of transition to the next topic. But before we do that, um, as I mentioned, we, we talked about therapists and kind of learned a little bit about that career path. If you have an idea or a show idea and you'd like to discuss one of your jobs or what you wish people knew about your job, please reach out to us via email. Uh, we can be reached at chris at katieandme.com or katie at katieandme.com. And Katie is K-A-T-Y and Chris is C-H-R-I-S. So if you have show ideas or even feedback, feel free to reach out to us. I also encourage you to follow us on social media. Our Twitter is at katieandmepod and our Instagram is at Katie and me podcast. So with that, uh, Katie, what are you going to talk to us about today? Oh my goodness. Um, so I, uh, I have talked to several people recently who are going through losing someone wrapping up in a state, major traumatic life changes. And some of this has been changed by, uh, the pandemic and COVID and we can't have normal funerals and everyone's postponing memorial services and the logistics of all of this are really tricky. And a theme through all these conversations, through the experiences of my friends and loved ones has been some of this could have been easier. Mm -hmm. And I really feel that having watched the last many years, I've known most of my adult life that when my grandparents passed away, it was going to be a very big thing because of the way they led their lives. Mm -hmm. And we would sit around saying, I wish they would, you know, get rid of some of this. I wish they would let us know what's going on because everyone could see this coming at us like a freight train yeah. and, and what my parents had to shoulder. So recently having friends pass away, acquaintances pass away, been listening to conversations and there are some things we can all do to make it easier for the people we leave behind, mm-hmm. right? Because sure. death is inevitable and um, avoidance of this issue doesn't make anything better. So if we really do care about the humans we're leaving behind, there are some things that we can do to make it better for them. Mm-hmm. And if you've been the person grieving, which most of us have at this point in our lives, it's a lot better when there's less unknown stuff to dig through yeah. and when the wrap up of the material things isn't as horrible. So. There's just such a huge variation. So I have some things and these are all very actionable. And 
I don't mean this to be dark, but we should all, regardless of our age, periodically check in with these things and make sure they're done in our lives. Absolutely. Right? I so, mean, you, um, you, you want to look out for the people that, that ultimately you're going to leave behind you, right? Um, yeah. And, and if you can take some of that grief off of their plate, then why wouldn't you? So, or allow them to allow them to focus on the grief a little more instead of the good grief. What was she thinking with this pile of stuff, right? So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so yeah, I feel like I feel like um, we could all do a better job of this. And I've seen such a broad spectrum of estate wrap ups recently mm-hmm. that. Um, so we'll run through these. I'll try not to be too long winded, but um, it starts with a very simple: have an idea of what you want for your end of life services, memorials, mm-hmm. how you how you would like to have things handled. And even if you can't afford to have pre-planning done and paid for, leave a list and make sure people know where it is. Let people know what you want. Because yeah. the difference between your family walking in and having to make those decisions and then being absolutely certain what you wanted is huge, right? It's, sure. it's just, if they want to honor you, which they, you, we all inherently want to do when we lose someone, just make it clear. So there's no questions. There's no worries. There's fewer decisions to be made, even if you just leave it in, an, in a folder. So that kind of brings me to this thing. Mm-hmm. We should all have some kind of file and you have to figure out what kind of security you would want on your file, but we should all have some kind of end of life file that our loved ones know where it is. Yeah. Right. Agreed. If it's, and it doesn't have to have hard copies of everything, but it can just be notes to tell people where to find things. And so some of the important things on that list are what gets auto paid out of your accounts mm-hmm. and where is that coming from? Okay. Yeah. They need to know if there's a bill that has to be a priority because the power is going to be shut off on your, you know, widowed parent, yeah. the, the surviving parent or something. We need to know that right away. And digging through old piles of mail is, is unnecessary. And not really efficient. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And someone needs to know where you keep this stuff. This is critical. Everyone make a phone call today to a best friend, to a sibling, to someone who will likely outlive you or a couple people and tell them, listen, if anything happens, go to my desk drawer, go to my safe, go to my dresser, Mm -hmm. whatever. I'm going to leave you information, right? So you want directions to an attorney that has any estate information. You want to make sure they know if you've done any pre-planning that's formal. You want the pre-planning notes. You want the account information. So there are so many different ways to leave account information for people that are uh, safe and secure. I'm not going to give you advice about that, but, um, you know, from, from codes, Mm -hmm. you know, there's someone in my life who has something in their safe and it is literally a coded thing of my accounts and passwords. Yeah. It doesn't identify that it's me. That's the only person on the planet that knows that's my stuff or knows how to read it. But that was pre, um, pre password safe stuff online. Like there's all this password safe stuff now and you can just leave a designated survivor for those. So I'm looking into it. My bestie's an accountant and, and she's like kind of horrified. I haven't done this yet, but um. I didn't know that you could, I didn't know that you could leave a, um, I didn't know you because I have LastPass for all of my okay. passwords and stuff, but I didn't know that you could like designate a specific contact person Can. for all of that. Well, that's well, I'll do that yeah. after after this episode. That's one yeah. thing. Yeah. So, um, and I, I haven't that. used that one again. Yeah. I've but yeah, I'm not making advice that- either, but that's just the one that I happen to use. So. Right, right. And and some businesses, like if you're an accountant or a bookkeeper or CPA, a lot of those offices for safety reasons require that you use one of these programs. They are very safe. So um, 
so that's one thing you can do is, is have all that stuff in one place. Make sure someone has it or knows how to get to it. Anything that could be closed, close it account wise, and then get rid of all the paper trail. Because what happens is after someone passes, someone sits down at your desk. And if you have a stack of old debit cards, they have to make a bunch of long, miserable phone calls to those places to find out if this thing is still a thing, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Get rid of them. Get rid of, you know, you don't need account statements from seven years ago from a bank account you closed in most instances. Get rid of right. them. You don't need all of that because someone's going to go through this and everything they go through should still be a thing. Yeah. No, that, okay. that's, that's good. And I was guilty of this because I had like old, like leftover credit cards that I closed out years ago that I found when I moved last time in a sock <laughs> drawer. I was like, why didn't I? I thought I chopped this stuff up. I didn't know that. Someone would have found that. Anyway, so and it wastes a lot of time. Let's see. Insurance policies all need to be known and accessible. So that's the other mm -hmm. thing you need to put in there. If you have a safe, someone needs access to that combination when the time comes. And then stuff that's, that's still actionable, but less concrete. We're going rolling into the soft science thing again. Don't expect other people to place the same sentimental value on your belongings that you do. Right. We all need to decide right now that we don't. You can acknowledge, like I can, I'm sitting next to my great grandmother's dressers. It is not okay to expect my kids to value them the way I do. Right. And you need to tell the people in your life, I understand that you may not value my possessions the way I do. You are under no obligation to do so. You have my full permission to just let go because there's right. a lot of pain after you lose somebody and you feel like, oh my gosh, it would hurt her that I, I am getting rid of all this. Yeah. Yeah. Give them permission now. Tell them mm -hmm. now. So after. After losing his parents, my dad kept this wagon that they had mm -hmm. and it was, there was all this sentimental stuff there, but it was no longer functional. And one day his sister who was also passing and I'm very close to, she wrote a note. She said, give this to your dad. And it was a note and it said, you have permission to get rid of the red trailer. And it was a really emotional thing for our family, but my dad had had that thing around for decades. Yeah. And it couldn't be used and it was an issue, but there is a thing and he needed someone in the family to say, it's okay, let go. Yeah. It's not, it's not a thing, right? So tell people it's fine. It's fine. I promise you this was about the relationship between us, not about the relationship to the belongings. Go through on that note, go through your stuff every year and get rid of stuff. Really just designate a day, have someone yeah. else walk into your home and go, what is that pile of stuff? Cause you do not see it. You are yeah. not seeing what is going to overwhelm someone who has to step in in an emotional state and deal with your stuff. Ask someone to come in, give you a set of eyes, and then tackle it. We need to. I, we need to do a purge in my house. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, Everyone has that reaction. Just, yeah, just like there's just so much stuff that you know. It's it's we did uh, we did a purge like a couple of years ago, and even it's like it's already back. You know, <laughs> it's like how did this? How do we get all this stuff? Again, how did how do we accumulate so much in, in such a short period? That's because you have a child. Yeah, yeah, it is, and and we don't uh, accumulators. We don't. Yeah, we don't get we don't get rid of stuff after like she's outgrown it or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's a that's a great that's a great yeah. point. Yeah. So I'm gonna wrap this with something. Tell the people in your life that you care about that you care about them. Tell people mm -hmm. you love that you love them and not just in your immediate family. Tell people that you appreciate them on the regular because you really genuinely don't know when it's going to be the last time. And the best thing you can leave behind is everyone being confident that there were no open ends that needed to be closed. Right. No, I, I think so. that that's, that's very impactful. Not only the prep that you talk about, but uh, letting people know how you feel about them. 
and again, obviously, you know, this, this episode, we, we've talked about some, some heavier topics and, and we're going to have that. Uh, but I recently had a friend that um, was in a pretty horrific car accident and lost his son in that accident and uh, is still recovering in the hospital and is making tremendous strides and is getting better. But, you know, it's to your point, you, you just don't know when your time may come and um, to, to leave those those conversations that, well, I'll, I'll talk to him when I see him at next Thanksgiving or, you know, whatever it is, whatever excuse that you're making to not have those conversations, um, don't because you just, you just never know when, when you're not going to get that opportunity to, to have that conversation. And before you even kind of let me know about what your, your topic was going to be for this episode recently, I, you know, I'd been thinking about trying to cons- consolidate some, some of my own things as well. Uh, nothing, nothing major, but I had, you know, like an outstanding E-Trade account that I haven't really done much with in, in a long time and trying to consolidate it under um, all the, you know, life insurance and investments and stuff that my wife and I have together. And, and just mm-hmm. so that, that small amount of money is now in one place. I, I, I tend to p- be the one that pays the bills in our household. Uh, and so I have these massive Excel spreadsheets and I've had them for decades of what we've spent each month and what's auto withdrawal and everything. But to your point, um, I don't necessarily know if my wife knows how to access or understand. I know what's an auto withdrawal and when it's withdrawn each month, but I need to go in and probably create some some notes that go along with that, so that if I you know weren't here, she would know how yeah. to how to pay those bills, etc. And we have to keep in mind that you got to kind of assume the person doing this is not going to be at their best, right? Yeah. So don't, let's not make things harder. Exactly. I remember um, I, I had a I drew up a will or had a will drawn up through uh, LegalZoom when I was getting ready to go to, to India for work for a number of years ago. And um, I don't know, it was a long flight and <laughs> I don't like flying. And so whatever the reason, that's what prompted me to, to finally draw one up. But um, I've, I've redone it once, but probably need to, to redo it. Uh, again, because my daughter's mm-hmm. older, we've accumulated more things. <laughs> I probably, I probably need to lay some better instructions in there on what you know can and can't be thrown away, etc. So I, I don't know, Katie. You left me with a lot of of really good actionable items after this one. So I'm definitely, and I'm definitely going to look into making sure that my LastPass account is connected to most likely my wife, but maybe my wife and my brother. You know, so that yes, if something same. were to happen, that there would be people that would you know be able to have access because it. Literally has every password <laughs> yeah. that I've, I've ever come across in the last like five years. So yeah, and I need to update what mine as well. I mean, I'm I'm guilty on a lot of these counts, but um, it's it's just been a barrage lately. And to be able to prevent any hard feeling or additional pain on people's behalf would be the right thing to do. Agreed. And I think on that note, we left people with some some good tasks to to go out and and do. Uh, so we'll let them go out and do it, and uh, we'll reconnect on a future episode.